You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Chelsea Zerna podcast. I'm here with Rebecca Carson or Holistic Honey on Instagram, and um, we are going to dive into unconditional love today as it relates to the feminine and the masculine and giving and receiving. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Chelsea. This is exciting. Um, We've had so many amazing conversations uh, recently, really this year, but um, I feel like it's all kind of been leading up to this to have some kind of um, expanded conversation where we can share these thoughts with others. So I'm super excited to be here. Me too. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah. And, and earlier this week, we were talking about um, your journey and the relationship to the feminine, and the masculine and my journey. And it inspired this conversation. And we were like, we should actually record an entire podcast on this. So I'm so excited to jump in and yeah, share this uh, with other people. And maybe this will help somebody out there who's also experiencing something similar or going through the same thing around uh, their relationship to giving and receiving love. Yes. Yes. Well, I will, um, I'll give a little background kind of where, who I am and where I got, how I got to this place. Um, my awakening, like the big awakening really started about five years ago for me. And it was, um, it was leading up to basically I was just feeling completely out of alignment and I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but I had, you know, I was, I was raised in this very strict Christian upbringing with very loving parents, but, um, a very kind of small way of seeing the world at that point. And I just knew that I, I had this faith in this higher power and I wanted to believe, I wanted to feel it, but it just didn't resonate with me. So that kind of took about 10 years um, through my late teens and 20s, really just trying to figure out what is this missing feeling? I don't feel connected to anything right now, but I want to, and it's just something calling me. So um, that ended up manifesting in my mid-20s as an autoimmune disorder and my thyroid. And I say that because... I didn't know this at the time, but I, um, I have no doubt that it really stemmed from this inability to speak my truth and to really share freely what I felt. And, you know, that, that kind of happens sometimes when we're in a situation where we're, we're raised with a set of beliefs that, you know, we have to, we have to be this way or, you know, we're not accepted. And Mm -hmm. as an empath, especially as a child, uh, not really knowing what I was feeling, um, but feeling everybody else's stuff, it was just almost impossible for me to really tap into what I felt. Like I got so comfortable with feeling what I thought I was supposed to feel or convincing myself of what I was supposed to think um, in so many ways, so many different aspects of my upbringing and, and just relationships in my younger years that I had lost my voice. Um, so through that experience, um, I went into natural healing and 
thankfully I was raised in a very healthy uh, family. We had an organic farm growing up and, you know, my parents always encouraged natural remedies over medicine when possible. So I worked with a doctor and with a naturopath at the time and uh, long story short there, it took about two years. I was told I was never going to go into remission. I needed to get my thyroid removed which was causing all kinds of hormonal problems. The medicine they put me on was causing issues, side effects, but I was determined. I was like, give me two years. And so I researched, I interviewed people who had dealt with the same disorder. Um, and over all that time, I just started realizing I was doing, I'd started meditation, I'd started yoga, I'd started breathwork exercises, not really for the intention of, you know, diving into the spiritual aspect of it, but of course, as everybody knows, who's like gone on some kind of yoga journey, it starts to sneak up on you. And all of a sudden it's playing this much bigger role in your life. And that's what happened. Um, that started the awakening journey. And then I met a really pivotal um, person in my life. Some would call this a twin flame, um, but just a very deep, intense soul connection that kind of shattered all of my um all of my, my thoughts and beliefs up until that point, but in, in a way that I want, like I wanted that and I just didn't know how to get there on my own. So I think the universe, that was my way. That was on my path is to just um, have this energetic dynamic with someone that you just could not explain. So um, yeah, that was about five, four years ago now. And since then I completely changed my career path. Um, I was working in the health and fitness industry, which I still love. Like I'm still very connected to the body. And I think that that journey really helped me to healing myself, learning about other people and their healing journey. That helped me so much to be set up for what I do now. Um, and so now that's, yeah, come all full circle. I coach empaths and highly sensitive individuals. Um, and I just help them through their awakening journey by awakening the mind, body, and spirit on those healing levels, because it's all so interconnected and, um, as we'll get into a little bit later, you know, with the energetics of this, it really is all energy. You know, everything from our thoughts that we put out into the world, our belief systems, even on a subconscious kind of unknown level, the way we treat our body, you know, how we have, I had years of suppressed emotion just sitting in my body, especially mm. around my throat. And so um, it's just such a beautiful place to be now. And, and I know that my path is still progressing. I mean, like year by year, it keeps evolving into something new and, and I'm here for it. I just absolutely love, love getting to do this work. Wow. Thank you for sharing. So amazing. Yeah. And I love what you said at the end there too. You, you said everything is um, just like a structure that we create in our mind of the world and it's all energy and you know, so much of our life um, is determined by our thoughts, even though that might still be hard to believe for some people, our thoughts really do shape our reality. If we think something is true, we actually can direct the energy of it to become something that potentially could be true. Um, and even as we're going into this conversation um, about unconditional love, and the energetics of giving and receiving love, I like to see the world in, um, in the duality of the feminine and the masculine because it helps me better understand oneness. And when I can look at another person and I can, I can see another person, see the mirror of who that person is, it helps me differentiate 
myself and my ego, my meat suit from theirs. And it also helps me determine what is um, spirit from ego. And in that way, I think um, like the feminine and the masculine energy also gives me those constructs to better understand those things as well. And I think it's all bringing us into oneness and all bringing us back into totality. Um, But even the concept of love, I like to describe it in this way because understanding love through the lens of the masculine and the feminine, I think helps me understand what it really means to come into totality and unconditional love, which is one of the hardest things to do in the world is be unconditionally loving and to see the world through unconditionally loving eyes. And I'm convinced that that's part of why we're here and that is our journey. And we all know that the love frequency is one of the the most potent and powerful healing frequencies out there. Every single emotion holds a frequency and that is the highest frequency. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to dive into that with you and relate it to that lens. Yeah. Oh, I resonate so much with all of that. Um, and that's really, you know, one of the main things I see really in, in all conversations with my friends, but especially in my healing sessions and coaching sessions with clients You know, we all come in with these issues that we think nobody else could understand, or we carry so much shame around. And at the, like, I hear all these stories and I feel their energy and I work with them and, you know, feeling it both empathically and physically. But at the end of the day, it all ends up coming back down to love. We're either trying to get love by an action or we are trying to give love, you know, and so many things that that usually keep us from giving unconditional love like you know say someone hurt you say someone did something wrong to you or um you know we have all these experiences that we carry through life and we think about it like oh i want to give unconditional love and you know i love that idea and that concept but there's that one person or that experience you know i could never really you know give love to that experience i'm not saying that you have to be someone's best friend if maybe it's an unhealthy dynamic or completely like keep yourself immersed in it by no means do you need to do that you do have to protect your energy however forgiveness is so powerful and forgiveness is coming from a place of love that is um the most pivotal thing that i've i've experienced in any of my personal healing sessions on my journey or working with someone is seeing how we could forgive this at a deep soul heart level you again you don't have to stay connected mm-hmm. to it but you those thoughts and that energy that you hold around the situation you will carry that within your body within your mind which starts to then look like triggers down the road mm-hmm. and i'm i'm going to being totally transparent here i've been experiencing that the last few weeks and you know especially when you've been on this journey for a while if you know if you're a healer or a coach listening to this you're like you know, I know all these things there, you know, I know I see myself getting triggered, but then the universe has this way of like, just taking it down a level deeper. And these triggers that I've been facing, um, I'm in a new relationship and it's been a long time since I have been in a committed relationship with someone I've been on this yeah, solo path for a long time. And so entering into this, I'm a much different person than I was years ago when I was in the last one. And so I'm thinking, you know, oh, I got this, you know, we're, we're connecting, we're like, we're both heart-centered people, and then, bam, these triggers start happening. And 
it's really allowed me to see where when I'm being triggered by something, it was not even something necessarily that I didn't let go. I mean, I let it go in my mind, but my body was reacting. So I would physically feel myself respond to a situation with this person by closing my body, you know, and then I was feeling like weird symptoms from digestion to, um, like I wasn't able to express emotion for a couple of days. I mean, I was having all of these strange on their side effects, if you will. And I realized, you know, I am holding on to those experiences in my body. Like, did I completely forgive and let go of that? And did I look at that with a lens of love? You know, how can I put love into that situation and also focus on the love that I got out of this situation, even beyond the hurt that might've happened? Cause that's usually what we cling on to is the hurt, not, you know, the maybe amazing years of amazing time you have with someone you can focus easily on just what happened that hurt you. So I've, I've been on quite a journey in the past couple of weeks, just seeing that, you know, seeing where I have blocked myself because of fear. I have, um, mm. you know, not been able to let go because of fear and all of those experiences, all these triggers are really just asking me to step into love, to step, yes. to step an octave higher, to step into that dimension. And it's, you know, I think people, might get a little bit, um, not turned off by the idea, but kind of fearful of the idea because that sounds like I'm just letting it go and letting people act however they mm. want to, or get, yeah. I'm not a doormat for anyone. And it's not about that. It's not about that at all. But if I can't step into that place as a friend, as a lover, as a leader, a teacher, a coach, how can I expect other people, how can I show people how to do that? Because they're, I can tell them all day or I can listen to someone tell me all day, but until you <laughs> feel that love, that unconditional love from someone who's just accepting you and letting you be who you are and feel how you feel, you can't really understand that, that concept, you know? So it's really about, um, becoming the love and not just, you know, not just inviting it in. I think that's the first step, but becoming the love. Like how is every thought in alignment with that? Um, the book, uh, Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, such an amazing book. And I pick that up every so often and just, I'll literally ask like, what message do I need today? And, and just open to that. And she, she points that out. Um, she's like, it's basically you're always, you're always asking for love or trying to give love. And if you can't recognize it from that set of eyes, you can't ask, you know, she says the Holy Spirit because it's based on the Course in Miracles. But if you can't ask spirit or the universe to come in and change your perspective, because that's really what allows that love to come through. It's not, dear God, please change this person or change the situation or, you know, change, make me not remember that it happened. It's please change. I invite you in to change my perspective on what happened. And I invite you into it, change my perspective on this person and how I handle it. Because totally. we all know, you know, if you're in a terrible mood, you wake up that day, your lens throughout the day is just negative. If you wake up in a good mood, nothing really phases you. You're just like happy and it's like in flow. And that's how it is with love. Until you can really put that love lens on, you're going to be stuck in that more dense, dense energy. Yeah, and I I love what you said about uh, triggers, especially because um, that's definitely 
something where I feel, I don't think the universe is random. And I think that every single person is put on our path for a reason. And when we get triggered by certain things, it's almost a sign from the universe to say, hey, you're ready to handle this. There's something here for you to lean into. Like this is a this is a, a sign or a reason or a place for you to lean into deeper unconditional love here. And so when you're when you're triggered by something or when you're experiencing, you know, like a, you're experiencing these intense emotions, where are you not loving? Where are you judging? Where are you um, maybe even repressing a part of yourself that this quality exists in? And now here's your chance to either embrace it or acknowledge it or give it some nurturing and love because you've been rejecting it. And there's this um, there's this theory that you know we have this room in our in our minds we can call it and we have all these doors to this perfect palace and we've spent all this time cleaning it making it beautiful and then someone walks into our palace and they say I don't know there's something off about this room and you shut the door to it. You're like, oh, well, this is a perfect palace. I can't let anyone see that room if there's something wrong with it. And so we actually shut the door to these qualities in ourselves instead of going in there and just acknowledging it and giving it love and saying, is there anything here? Or maybe, or maybe not. And, and, and just allowing whatever it is to come through instead of just shutting the door and repressing that part of ourselves and locking it away and saying, well, this is imperfect. I'm going to... I'm going to not let the world see this. And then in that process, we're actually rejecting parts of ourselves. Instead of opening ourselves up to love and acknowledging what's there, we reject and we step away from love. And so I think in those moments of triggers, it's asking us, where can you open more of this door that you've shut and come back into love and back into nurturing those spaces in your mind palace, we can call it, um, to realign with unconditional love again. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, this um, it's this conversation is bringing up so many things. Like this, this roller coaster of feeling that I've had this week. Just kind of, um, I talked to you the other day about it, but a very powerful healing session that I had that really just opened my eyes on that. It was like ready for that next deeper level of um, where I was blocking myself or where I wasn't acting in love, you know, or standing in that that place. Um, and I had this realization, you know, I, I'm a Virgo sun and moon and I tend to be a perfectionist. Um, that's kind of one of my shadows and mm-hmm. it's something I'm very aware of and I've been trying to nurture and work on for a long time. And, and so I really, I, I catch tendencies still, but it's not, I'm not in that place in that state as much. But this week I started realizing these thoughts that were playing in my mind. I kept thinking I was getting down on myself for basically not having X, Y, Z done and not being this way yet. And, you know, like all these little things that I have set in my mind, these things of how I'm supposed to be. And I did not even realize, um, I ended up like coaching myself. It was like, you know, you're, you have, why don't, why aren't you just accepting you right now the way you are? And so I stepped into that place and I was like, well, what if it's totally fine that I didn't get to this point yet, or I didn't get that done, or this week with the awakening journey I'm on at the moment is taking a little more time to really integrate. It's like, what mm-hmm. if I'm just in love with myself right now, 
with my body, with no clothes on, exactly how I look, um, exactly how I feel, like even the sadness that is coming up. What if I'm just happy that I'm sad right now? <laughs> like what, you know, like <laughs> literally it was, I was having yeah. this whole, this whole, like just, I guess, yeah, awakening moment. And all of a sudden, the minute I hit that realization on that deep of a level, I just, it's like this light just came back on inside of me. It was like, it's okay wow. to feel exactly how you feel right now. You know, you've been telling yourself that and you, and you help other people feel that way. But what does that really mean? Like, how do you really accept yourself for exactly who you are, where you are right now in this moment without trying to change it? Because the minute I did that, I went back to, to my journal and the things that were kind of weighing heavy on me the last few months um, and some of those with some relationship dynamics. When I looked at them again, I just, I didn't have any hardness there. It was like the most soft, compassionate feeling because I literally mirrored that back in those situations because of how I was feeling about myself. Mm. And, you know, that I think is a big thing that's one of the biggest things that's waking up for the world right now is realizing that, I think you even mentioned this earlier, you know, our thoughts are magnetic. Our thoughts um, create our reality. Our life is a mirror of what we are experiencing on the inside. We're seeing it on the outside. So that means if I am not accepting myself exactly the way I am and falling in love with myself as that being, I'm probably not going to allow myself to grow into what I want to grow into because I'm, I'm not acting in love. And so then I look at my relationships and friendships. And if I'm, you know, wanting it to be a certain way or expecting, you know, something out of someone that maybe they don't even realize that I'm expecting, you know, it's just, we do this all the time. Um, It's not coming from a place of love and our friendship is never going to be as true and authentic and open as it could be. So I think that that's so powerful is just, if you're look if you're listening to this and it's resonating and you feel overwhelmed with how to start this is like, oh yeah, it sounds easy. Self-love. Like, I'm just going to love myself when we have years of baggage. Totally. The very first step is to just look at yourself the way you are. And maybe even do, if you're more of a, a visual person, look in the mirror, standing there completely naked until you love yourself. Just look at every part of yourself, give it love. Like you're looking as someone else like a, you know, a mother or a best friend that would look at you with love, whatever you need to do to get your energetic, um, starting point back to a place of love for yourself, because nothing else really matters until that happens. For me, you know, the mirror, the, the eye gazing in the mirror is really powerful because it's hard and I don't like doing it. And so when I do that, um, it, it's, it always opens that up. Ecstatic dance is a beautiful way to do that. Yes. I know you know all about that, uh, but dancing like, like you don't care who, if a thousand people are watching or if nobody's watching, you know, that's another way to love yourself because you're letting that self, you let that inner part of you free without worrying about judgment because you love yourself, not because you're expecting love or needing love from someone else. So that's just the first step, I think. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good first step. And, you know, I used to actually look at this concept of like uh, self-love and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's such an overused term. And the more I looked and the more I accepted that term, the more I was like, where am I not fully loving myself? And what does it truly mean to love myself? 
And I think that there are so many layers and so many levels. And the journey is actually an endless journey. Like literally every single situation in your life, you're either confirming or denying that love for yourself. So in each moment, you have to come back to love with yourself. And it's actually like a choice. You know, you can you can choose to love another person. You can always choose you can also choose to love yourself in every moment. And like noticing, oh wow, how was my self-love today? Like, where did I reject myself today? Where did I look at somebody else and say, oh, they're better and compare yourself? Because that's actually a form of not self-love. Where did you, you know, look in the mirror and say, Oh yeah, I'm not looking that great? You know, that's an obvious form of, of self-love as well. There's also these like little things, like even you brought up dancing, you know, like dancing is something where I think it's like my favorite form of stepping into self-love, partly because someone asked me yesterday and they said, why do you like to dance? And I said, you know, I'll be totally honest with you. I, I think whenever I'm feeling myself judging myself, it's the one thing that scares me a little bit, especially when I'm dancing in public, especially when I'm dancing in front of people and they're looking at me. And so if I can do that and I can like be so in my body and so like weird in my movements and so wild that I don't actually care, then I know I'm coming back into love for myself. So I actually dance on purpose really, really wildly in public so that I'll come back into love with myself. It's like this thing that I've started even doing. I'm like, man, I'm not feeling good. And then I'll dance for myself. You know, I'll dance like in my room and by myself. But then I'm, I'm feeling this sort of extra layer of judgment. I, I, I actually need to dance in front of other people to feel that layer of self-compassion again. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when it comes to dance too, I don't know if you've experienced this, but maybe before you got so comfortable with dancing like that, you know, a lot of times people, I think will, especially women, like we tend to be hard on ourselves and each other, but we'll kind of look at someone who is so free and just living life in, in that container of like wild, like rewilding themselves, you know, dancing with yeah. out of care in the world and, and, um, and living from that place. It's easy for, you know, the haters to hate <laughs> and it's easy for people to kind of look yeah. and say like, Oh, well, you know, who does she think she is? Like, Oh, she wants all the attention, like all these little things. But mm -hmm. I only bring up that to, because I know this was, this resonated for me, um, at a lot of different points, but when I, when I feel feelings like that, like that insecurity, it's always coming from a place of comparing, like, well, I'm not able to do that yet. Or I wish I was, you know, feeling that free inside, but come back to that place of love to yourself mm -hmm. and say, you know, how am I, how am I reflecting my feelings about myself onto this person that I'm watching live this beautiful life? You know, like yeah. how can I bring myself back to love? And then once you do that from that place, Everybody you see, you know, whether they are, um, you know, moving up in their career or they're, you know, in this relationship that looks perfect, whatever it is, you don't look at that from this lens of jealousy or um, insignificance or comparison. You look at it with, that is so beautiful. This is what the universe can offer anyone in alignment. You know, like that's like, mm -hmm. I'm on my path, they're on theirs. It's just this open freedom and you can feel the difference because, I just thought it was important to say that because like when I am out of, when I feel like I'm out of a state, if I'm not loving myself as much, I'm way quicker to notice where I 
either I'm falling short compared to someone else or, you know, something about someone bothers me for some reason. I don't even know why. It's like these, like a little nitpicky thing. And so it's like, that's a quick way for me to know, okay, you're out of alignment with yourself and you're out of like, what have you done? Where have you been rejecting your needs right now? Where have you been disrespecting your boundaries? Um, You know, where have I not taken the time to relax? And, um, and that's big for me. I like to, I'm on the go all the time. If I haven't Mm -hmm. taken the time to just really recover and take care of myself, I'm not going to be able to be in that place of love. You know, I'm just, I'm ignoring my needs. So other people around me are probably going to ignore my needs (laughs) Um, just because it is just mirrored right back to you in so many aspects. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm also s- becoming more and more and more aware of how much the world is a mirror and how we are really just reflections of each other. And even, you know, moving to Tulum, I really felt that as soon as I got here, it was almost this feeling in my heart and I had to like take a really deep breath. I was like, "Whoa, this is more real." than I've ever experienced in my entire life. And it's just getting stronger. And, and, and from that place, when I started to realize that not only was I able to help heal myself and come back in unconditional love by noticing my triggers and my boundaries and things like that, but it was also bringing me more into the awareness of how to better manifest. And for me, it was almost like, wow, if everything is a reflection of me, all of my thoughts, the, the, the negative things manifest just as quickly as the positive things. And although I knew that, it was almost like it was almost like anything that I was thinking and that I wanted, I would receive it. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't in the exact way that I thought that I was going to. Like, for instance, I had this one scenario come up and I was like, you know what? We start, Megan and I started setting intentions for each day, things we wanted to either manifest in our lives or work on within ourselves. I was like, I'd like to work on my abundance. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew by the end of the day, because of the patterns, you know, every single day we set this intention and somehow it would happen. And this particular day, I went to a restaurant and the owner of the restaurant was like, ladies, come in, like come and sit inside my restaurant. Like, I want to treat you to a whole meal. And I was like, oh my God, he loves us. This is amazing. Like, I feel so abundant. I did it. And at the end of the meal, (laughs) he hands us the check and I go, wait, I thought he was, I thought this was our abundant moment. I thought he was treating us. And Megan looks at me and goes, no, that's not what he said. He said he just wanted us to come into his restaurant. And I was so confused. And I was like, wait, this is my moment to step into abundance. So I said, I'm going to buy this meal for the both of us. And it was actually not about receiving, but it was actually about showing and giving abundance to the world. And that's actually what I needed to heal in order to step into deeper abundance. I was like, oh my God. Like, It was so funny because my mind was like, this is it. And then it flipped totally on me. And I'm like, wait. (laughs) And it ended up being one of like the biggest lessons for me. And I was like, wow. And and, you know, we, we started getting into this pattern of doing this daily and it was almost like it then became quicker and quicker where what we wanted was instantly manifested um, just by thinking about it. It was like we just wanted something on the beach, like a hat, and all of a sudden a woman selling hats would show up. And it was just like it started to become more and more and more 
prevalent, the more we started to believe in it. And that's the other part of it too. Because of our thoughts shape our reality, the more we actually subscribe to these, the more we're conditioning ourselves to actually have more of what we want. So we actually start to shape ourselves to be like, well, I believe that as I I think of something, it manifests, and I've been really pure in my thought, actually we start conditioning our world to show up for us sooner. So that's been very interesting and very cool. (laughs) Manifesting is one of my favorite topics uh, because that I think when I first started on this journey, you know, manifesting, that's kind of like the hot topic. A lot of people want to, obviously you want to manifest all of your dreams, but you know, it, it takes you, I think learning to learning about manifestation, at least for me, it took me on that journey. Like you were saying, there's layers and there's still more layers that I know I haven't gotten to yet and probably won't anytime soon. But, you know, it was, it was like, first I learned you have to be literal in the sense that like, you know, I at least have to know what I want in some capacity. You know, if, if there is something specific, get specific in your visualization, but don't hang on to that too much. You know, like if you want a hat and you're sitting on the beach, you don't need to think about the color and the shape of it, but you need to think about wanting a hat for whatever reason you want it to cover your eyes from the sun or, you know, to feel better, to not get sunburned. Um, get that literal and then let it go. And then when you are in the state of love, your vibration is so high anyway that those thoughts, exactly what you're saying, you are just in flow and in sync with everything. And from that state, you have to be, of course, open to it coming in any package. You know, it's not, um, it's not, it usually doesn't come in the exact same package. But I'll share a story that um, happened this week, or actually just happened today. The power of shifting your focus on love when it comes to abundance, as opposed to a dollar amount or, you know, that vacation that you want, <laughs> that shiny new car. Um, because I was going through some, you know, just heavier clearing this the past couple of weeks, I had noticed that some of my private clients had, you know, like skipped a week or weren't showing up fully. And like, I, I was just, all these little things that were kind of mirroring back this heaviness that was inside of me feeling kind of, um, I was feeling very in, insignificant. I was like doubting my abilities or, you know, just going through all of this stuff. And it was instantly mirroring back to me, you know, and I thought, okay, I recognize this, but maybe this is a time for me to just pause and reshift my focus. Because when we get into that place, especially in 2020, a lot of people have had job losses and things that come up that you couldn't have expected. And sure, you know, you need money to put food on the table. But I think what people don't always realize is when you get into that state of need, it's so much harder to manifest. And I know that sounds backwards, but it's, it's just all about shifting your focus um, to gratitude, um, what you are thankful for of already having. And of course, just love, like, I trust the universe is going to bring me what I need. And when I need it, and I'm just going to let go of the control of it, which is one of the hardest things to do. I think in this life, learn, learning really, truly the art of surrender. But with this story, um, I, I it was funny because I've had these people lately just popping in my mind and instantly after that, I'll hear from them. And so this old friend of mine that I have not talked to in over a year, doesn't even live anywhere near me anymore. Um, he kept popping up in my mind over the last few days and I kept thinking I need, need to reach out to him. I never did. But I woke up to a text message this morning and it was him. And he, I, I would read it, but I'll probably cry. Um, 
It was so <laughs> incredibly sweet. And he said, um, I know we haven't talked in a while, but you know, you've been on my mind a lot, which has made me remember how I used to do photography a long time ago. And it's like, I remember when you did my wedding photos a few years ago and we were really, really tight on money. And when it came down to the final payment, we just didn't have it. And he said, you had graciously just said, you know, it's fine. You're a friend of mine, call it a gift, you know, call it even. And in that moment, you know, I, I was so happy to be able to do that because he was a dear friend of mine. And I thought, you know, I had written that off. I was like, don't, don't worry about it. You know, like we're, you know, never thought about it again. And so in this message, he said, I, I really was thinking a lot about that this past week. And, um, I just, what better time than now to be able to show thanks for that. And he goes, I know that you believe more than anyone that what goes around comes around. And I just want to fulfill our agreement from years ago. So check your Venmo. And I was like, what? And I looked at it and he had just Venmo without, he Venmoed before even texting me. So I wouldn't say no, which again, is all about, I need to learn to receive better, but it was done in such a beautiful way. And it was so powerful because when I sat down, I was telling you this the other day, I do law of attraction style, um, like manifestation meditations a few times a week. And I'm generally, you know, I generally try to focus on the feeling, but lately it's been like, Oh, I want to manifest this client for this program or, you know, this, this, and this, and like these exacts. And it was all kind of around my work stuff. And I sat down for this meditation and I said, no, I want it to manifest love, the abundance in the form of love and receiving and it's like the minute I decided that and put it out into the universe, my energy shifted. I could feel my body change. I felt lighter. I felt more energetic in my workout that day. It was like this fog had finally lifted. And so the whole meditation, I just focused on that. And my, I felt the softness. And I went through the day and a couple, this was a few days ago. And once I did that from that place, it was like everything else that had been triggering me just kind of fell off. Like somebody sent me a random message to just let them, let me know that they were thinking about me. And, you know, they had basically an apology. I mean, like all these things that just kind of just stopped, you know, like all the tension that I was feeling just stopped. And, um, I got several new clients that booked from referrals that day. And then my friend that reached out today, it was like, that was the biggest show of love from someone. And, lesson in receiving and just getting into that energy of how do I, for me, it's been hard receiving love. So it's like, if you give, give, give and can't receive, how do you expect that energy to flow with you? How do you expect things to manifest? If you have, if you're blocking love in one place in your life, you are truly blocking abundance in every aspect of your life. It's all so closely woven. So um, that story was just incredible. Like I've just, I've just floated mm-hmm. through the day yeah. in absolute awe. Yeah. Because the universe is so unconditionally loving and there's so many, there's endless possibilities and potential out there. And it's just our human minds with our stories that try to tell us otherwise. Totally. So when you feel that and you will, because you're human, get mm-hmm. back into that place of love. Like how, and for me, sometimes it's easier if I just can't feel it for myself in the moment and I'm feeling really triggered, I think, how can I show love to someone else just randomly? And so I'll send mm-hmm. someone a message or write like a handwritten card and send it to someone. And um, just from that state, it 
instantly shifts my energy. And from that place, once it's shifted, I'm out of the trigger enough to look at myself with a more openness and loving set of eyes. And it's that from that place, you can really, you will manifest anything. You will be taken care of and loved yeah. no matter what. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's amazing. I love that story. And I love when you talked about the flow of love and the giving and the receiving. And I think part of what a lot of um, our life lesson is, is about allowing ourselves to really not shove things in a box (laughs) and to let it flow more and to let go. And like, I know that's such an interesting concept when we're talking about love, but like not attaching to what love looks like and allowing it to come into your life and allowing it to flow out of your life just as equally. And like the concept of letting go, even in the act of forgiveness, it's almost like you're letting go. And I think we like to hold on to things because, you know, the more things that we have in our life, we like to think that the further we are from death potentially and so we like to kind of hold on to things and letting go this concept of letting go I think is is challenging because it reminds us that we're we're gonna we're not infinite you know like in in the material world and you know our bodies are going to pass on and so this idea of letting love flow in and flow out and money and abundance flow in and flow out and not stopping the current and stopping the flow by holding on to these things that create rocks in the flow and like more seeing it as this almost this current this electrical current that's like running through our bodies and um yeah and I think when we kind of just keep that going and keep the flow and and, and, and just recognize when things are coming up for us, acknowledging them and knowing that the cycle is almost like a spiral. Um, I think we come back into our homeostasis at the end of the day. Yes, yes, that, that current is so powerful. And I, th- I loved when you said that about the dinner. Um, you know, you went into it maybe with this mindset that day of what you thought abundance would look like, which was receiving something, because obviously that's how we we want to receive more. And um, but you yeah. turned around and you paid for that meal, and you you were still in the energy of abundance, even though it was flowing on the opposite or the other way, the other side of the current. And that is just as powerful. Like if mm-hmm. I make a bunch of money and hoard it all and save it, scared to give it away and scared, you know, just like kind of the Western mindset, really, how we've been taught to live, accumulate all these things, put your money away, and then, you know, I don't know, when do you get to spend it, like, 10 years before you die? It's like this this mentality of holding on to things, like you're saying, and um, I mean, it's good to save, don't get me wrong, but that's what I've noticed, is when I feel stressed, when I felt stressed financially in the past, I stopped treating myself to things. And I don't mean like frivolous things, just like something little that would make me feel good. You know, if that's going to get a pedicure or, you know, buying myself something new, you know, if I stop doing that for myself, the universe kind of stops that flow of openly giving it to me. And it's not punishment. It's just what I'm allowing in to my field. Am I giving? Am I receiving? Am I giving? Am I receiving? And that's every time I feel out of alignment, it has something to do with that because that is that flow of love that affects your masculine feminine because those are both 
of those polarities too, you know, takes away our power um, as a manifester. Totally. Our power, I should say. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and that actually leads, leads perfectly into this, um, this next, this next portion of talking about the masculine and the feminine in the sense that I like to think that coming into harmony and balance in our masculine feminine energies, which is also our giving and receiving brings us into totality and wholeness. And there's a lot of people out there that talk about, um, polarity and how it's so good to actually be polarizing and especially in our relationships. And although it's good to have polarity with a lover, um, within yourself, it's actually really good to be in balance. And the idea is to not need anybody outside of ourselves and to actually be in balance internally. And so even in our, even in our love of giving and receiving and, um, you know, you can think about it as abundance. You can think about it just as love frequency, like shutting down love or welcoming love, that's also really important for um, being in totality and being in wholeness and oneness. Yes. Um, I've, that's, I know we, when we talked to Monday, this is kind of how I think all of this came about, but I had this powerful experience um, with the healer last week. And, you know, I, I thought I knew so much about the masculine and feminine and like what was going on within me. And I thought, you know, for this last year, I've really been focused on trying to like awaken the feminine more. Like the feminine was just not balanced in me or something. I just had this thought around the feminine and I was like, well, I'm, I've just always been in my masculine, you know, it's easier for me to give and it's easier for me to go do and stay busy. And, um, but then throughout through this healing experience, I realized it's like I had this visual of my inner feminine just dancing and she was wild and free and <laughs> completely fine, like completely present and there and just patiently waiting. And then there was this wounded masculine who I had been mm-hmm. acting from, not this like powerful and balanced masculine, but this very wounded masculine. Um, and that was playing out in ways of like, you know, even sometimes working I think with my clients, I was maybe in my mind trying to fix something for them or mm-hmm. help them in some way, as opposed to appreciating the pause more and the feminine and like letting them come to their own conclusion. And um, anyway, I was just seeing all of these aspects in my life where that wounded masculine had taken charge and was not able to receive love from the feminine, which was so such a wild realization. Like she's there trying to give it. And, you know, just dancing around him, like, just look at me, wait, you know, like, I'm here for you, just open up to it. And he's like, no, I don't know if I deserve it, you know, so I'm just going to keep pushing forward and pushing forward and not pause long enough to, like, realize maybe I just haven't been feeling worthy of it. So Mm. that's really been eye-opening for me right now because I think that's happening on a global level, you know, we've been kind of moving from this, we've been in such this, such a wounded masculine energy and our leadership and especially in the Western world, the way our society is run. And to be clear, I'm not talking about men and women um, right now in this instance, but it's just the energy of that, what we've been living out of. And so this rise of the feminine energy is allowed, this, that's what's going to allow us to heal on a, on a deep level that is totally. we actually are in tune with ourselves and like, yeah, knowing what's going on because we take that pause and we listen and we live in this 
more loving, nurturing state. Uh, so it's, it's just so important to let them, I mean, that's what we're doing now is learning to let them dance and heal each other. Totally. Yeah. And especially with this election that just came up, I think a lot of people were asking themselves, um, how is my feminine mass? How am I not fully healed in my masculine energy? And where do I have some wounding? And I think that you just nailed it. I think that partially the key to um, awakening is actually accepting all parts of the feminine energy, because that's actually the life force, like the spiritual connection. And when we're, whenever we're rejecting any parts of ourselves, again, we're not coming into wholeness, but therefore we're not actually accepting our totality and not fully able to awaken. And so I think as a, as a, the way that we'll see the consciousness of the universe expand and the consciousness of humanity expand is when we come into this recognition and this love of the feminine energy, because that's what's being repressed right now. So when every single person, every single part of ourselves, when we heal the wounded masculine and we unrepress the feminine, we actually, and they kind of work hand in hand, um, we come into this deeper space of awakening in ourselves and then also as like globally on the planet. And I think that's why my intuition just like led me down this path so intensely. It was like, this is what, this is it. Like, this is the path that you want to go down. Because I'm also seeing that this is like such a journey. And I also recognize that these are still terms that we're using to describe just healing in general. And at the end of the day, it's all about coming back into unconditional love. But in my own mind, that's like the way I'm seeing it of like really the way we're doing it is through healing the wounded masculine and coming into deeper acceptance of the divine feminine. Yeah, and I like that it's led to this because, oh, you know, talking about manifesting, um, when it comes to receiving that abundance, you have your, you can't have a suppressed feminine energy. You know, you have to be in a place of, open to receiving and and that's such a that's been such a beautiful realization for me lately too is when it comes to that abundance like what I want to call in I want to call an abundance of love however that shows up to me in the material world you know what is that feeling when I instantly think of that is it do I feel open and usually I can feel this in my body you know my my emotions or do I feel slightly closed and not really worthy and then that kind of shows you where you are in your balance between the two, I think um, it always will show me. Uh, am I am I open to receiving this? If not, like, how can I let my feminine kind of dance around and feel worthy of this right now? Yeah. Who needs to hold space? Is it the feminine holding space for the masculine? Is it the masculine holding space for the feminine? And you know, we say all this, and at the end of the day, like you said, it is terminology. It helps us understand um, what we're experiencing. But it's just so important to listen, just be in tune, like on a day-to-day basis, listen to how you feel, how you act to things, um, you know, respond to things. What's triggering you? Uh, back to the beginning of the conversation. Do I feel like I'm receiving love? Why not? Am I giving love? Yeah. Well, if not, why not? And it's just take it back to basics. How do I feel? Do I feel good in my own skin today? Do I feel like I am worthy of receiving what I want, what I desire. And mm. that will tell you a lot about where the balance is between the masculine and feminine. <laughs> so beautiful. So amazing. Yes. Becca, 
Thank you so much for sharing and for being a part of this podcast and for everybody listening. Um, I think the general hope is that you take a look at the relationship to unconditional love in your life, whether it's through the lens of the masculine and the feminine or just as simple as giving and receiving and where are you welcoming the parts of yourself that maybe you've rejected so that you can welcome more wholeness and awakening into your life, which is part of the reason that um, we're all here right now, you know, as a population, we're all, we were all blessed to be born at this exact time in history where we're on the verge of a new era and we are awakening at unprecedented levels and stepping into this new version of reality, which is really rare and really special. So thank you for being a part of this. It's so exciting. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and that is that is definitely my hope too, is that this just is a gentle reminder for all of us to to check in with how we are really what yeah, what lens we're viewing ourselves through because it really starts there. You know, if you're on an awakening journey and you're really not sure what the next step is, it always starts within and that takes looking at yourself through a non-judgmental um, filter and appreciating right where you are right now at this point in your life, right? Who you are, what you look like, everything about yourself. And from there, that journey will continue to grow and you'll start to see that affect your, your outer reality. So um, I hope this is, I hope this touches someone um, as deep as it did for me because this talk has just been very impactful. All of our talks are always like this. So it's exciting to get totally. to share it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, totally. And Becca, how can they find you if people want to get in touch with you and hear more about your work? Sure. Um, Instagram is the most active place I am on social media. Um, that is holistic underscore honey, H-U-N-N-I. And I'm also on Facebook, obviously opened my business page there and holistichoney.com is my website. But Instagram is where I pretty much keep everything up to date. I do weekly um, Oracle card readings for the energy update every Monday night on Instagram. So um, I like to offer some little fun freebies like that too throughout the week. Perfect. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you're not yet subscribed, go ahead and leave a review and we will hear from you next week.